Hi guys, welcome to the second episode of Anna's podcast. I am happy that you're here. I'm happy that I am here because just now I was sitting here again thinking that I want to record this podcast episode, but I was just having so much going on in my head where to the point where I got dizzy. I got, I literally feel feel dizzy because there was so much voice and chatter and fear going off in my head saying that, hey, listen, maybe you shouldn't do this. Maybe you don't really have anything to say to people. Maybe, maybe you suck. As simple as that. Maybe you, you suck. So why bother? And this episode basically continues my introduction episode to this podcast, um, where I, st- I brushed upon the fear aspect of my life, the fear aspect of this podcast. And um, there's definitely different ways, different um Way, different ways fear can present itself in your life. It is something that prevents you from doing something, you know. Sometimes it is something that's actually dangerous and um, your fear kicks in and then you don't do it. Um, like jumping off an airplane or um, with or without a parachute. Um, because it is dangerous, but... You know, when I was uh, when I was younger, I definitely wanted to try that because I go after adrenaline. I love that rush. I love feeling that I can physically. I actually not that I love feeling that I physically can do this. I love knowing that I have done this, even though I was so afraid. But then also that feeling that I get whenever I'm doing that hard, scary thing. It's uh, invigorating and it helps me feel alive. But um, a lot of, well, going back, right? I, I, ooh, ooh, I almost dropped my microphone. I got s- sidetracked a little bit. But when I was younger, I wanted to jump off an airplane. And I wanted to do it so badly. And um, But I didn't know where to go, how to find it. It was way before internet. Um, it, well, not way before internet, internet existed, but there was no such thing as Google. There's, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't what we know it now. <laughs> I am, uh, I'm 33, you guys. Um, I'm not that old, but, um, when I was thinking about jumping off an airplane with a parachute, uh, to go skydiving, right? I, um, I was a teenager and then in my early 20s, I learned that my first boyfriend did actually do that jump and he broke a couple of um, bones in his body and uh, that is when I realized that I don't really want to do it all that much. I have the fear of breaking my bones and that is why I am not probably going to ever jump off an airplane with a parachute ever. Needless to say, I wouldn't jump without a parachute from an airplane, but I wouldn't go skydiving because of that fear. And it is a rational fear. I rationally judge the situation by the fact that I can probably get hurt because people do get hurt, probably not as often as my fear would tell me, but nonetheless. 
The fear that I want to talk about is a different kind of fear. It's not that rational fear of getting hurt physically uh, or putting your life in danger. It is the fear of failure. It is a fear of doing something wrong, being judged, a fear of doing something imperfectly. That is what I want to talk to you about. And it it has a lot to do with our ego. And I do believe that they come hand in hand because our ego is basically the voice of our fear. But not only that, and this is going to be a very unpopular opinion, but this is the opinion, this is, this is my discovery of late, that our ego is not that bad thing. It's not that vulture. It's not that maniacal, evil part of ourselves that wants us to fail. Because you definitely do hear that a lot. And I feel like I feel like what I have encountered in my life, the the vision of ego itself, the way we describe it, especially from the perspective of, you know, just basic psychology. Um, again, I'm not a psychologist. I, or I guess full disclosure, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a therapist. I'm not trained in that. I'm merely here to share my perspective and my unpopular opinion about this um, and other topics. And what I have discovered, what I have come across as the description of our ego is that it's that bad side of us, that maniacal, that evil side of us that wants us to fail. And that is why it is saying all those mean things inside of our heads. You know, we all have that voice. I have never met a single person who wouldn't have that voice um, that is saying that, oh, you look hideous. You speak ridiculously. Your accent is horrible. Oh, don't even bother doing this. Don't even bother doing that. Oh, you're going to fail. Oh, um, yeah. If you walk through that door to that interview, they're just going to laugh. So why bother? Nobody wants you. You're going to fail. They're going to judge you. And, uh, they're all stupid because you're stupid. And that's the people that come into your life. You know that voice? It's different, but it always has something to say about, I don't know, probably any situation that we are in every single day. And what I have learned through working with my ego and I guess this journey of discovering myself and discovering the ego is that it's not, it's not actually that vulture sitting on our shoulder that wants us to fail and trying to get us to fail. It's not. Ego is the voice of our inner child that is afraid. It is afraid to get hurt. It is afraid to hurt. Let me repeat that again. Ego as I see it, is the voice of that inner child that is just afraid to hurt. So it's doing everything in its power 
to prevent that hurt to actually happen. And it manifests, manifests itself in the voice that seems to be quite evil sometimes. We can get really mean with ourselves. But if you really break it down, it is afraid to fail. It is afraid to hurt. It is afraid to feel those quote-unquote negative feelings, whatever they are, disappointment, anger, frustration, hurt, pain, all of those. All of those quote-unquote negative emotions. And I'm using air quotes, right? I'm saying quote-unquote because I do strongly believe that everything is neutral in this world. We're so, and that's another unpopular opinion. We tend to see things as black and white, as good or bad. But in truth, everything is neutral. It is what we color it with. We put the colors on everything that's happening in our lives and everything that surrounds us. The same way we are coloring the scary thing that we are about to do or whatever is happening right now in this moment, like me preparing to record this podcast about ego and my ego saying, hey, you're not uh, a psychologist. Uh, Last thing we know that you haven't received that, you know, PhD in psychology. You didn't. So who are you to actually talk about this? And that is that inner child that is so afraid that I'm going to be judged. We are going to be judged by other people. We will receive, you know, people in anguish saying that, well, what do you know? But you know what? I am here to tell you that I have realized that ego is not bad. And there are so many different practices that And so many different people who are telling you how to deal with your ego, how to quiet it down, how to dismiss it, how to stop it, how to prevent it from appearing in whatever situation. But the way I see this is that by any of those practices, we're simply running away from a part of ourselves, which is trying, which is trying to tell us something. And let me give you an example. I'm an actor. I know in the last podcast I said that I drive for Uber, but yeah, I am in that stage and I want to be honest with you guys. I am an actor who does make money off of acting, but I don't make nearly enough to cover all of my bills and all of my wants and all of my splurges (laughs) and Amazon Prime. Um... So that, yeah, I have to supplement my income and it is okay. It is quite all right. And that's also another conversation that we're going to have. But actors, I feel like, are just troopers when it comes to ego because we as actors have to put ourselves on the line, basically, (laughs) for that fear, for that ego to just go at it with us. We are constantly putting ourselves into vulnerable situations where with every single submission, with every single audition, with every single uh, conversation with, you know, whoever works in this industry, right? Potential 
um, employers who are casting direct well casting directors don't employ us but they are you know very important part um, piece of this process of us getting a job that connects us to the project that we want to work on and it's also the you know producers and directors and Anybody who's involved into a production of any kind would put ourselves on the line by being um, so vulnerable in this whole thing. And we have to face what they call, and I'm using air quotes again, rejection in this industry. Basically, imagine if you're not an actor, imagine yourself going to an audition, not an audition, but imagine yourself going to an interview twice three times four times a week sometimes a few times a day and then not hearing back anything (laughs) imagine doing that imagine constantly having to present yourself in front of somebody else without knowing whether you are going to get it well actually knowing that probably you're not going to get the job because if you do the statistics you get way less jobs than you interview for and that's just the reality of it i don't want you to feel sorry for actors my point right here is just to show you the statistics the reality of this industry that is tough because every single interview and everybody has always had at least one interview You know how much of a stress it is. Your nerves go crazy. You're overthinking things. You're trying to do the right thing. You're trying to not fall on your face. You're trying to just ace it so that you get the job and you don't ever have to do it again. It's impossible when you're an actor because everything is, every job that you get will end at some point and you will have to do it all over again. And as soon as I, as soon as we realize that, as fast as we realize that, the easier we can move on with working on to, with working on something deeper than just like our nerves, you know. And I'm giving you this example because I just want you to see how much we have to put ourselves on the line in front of our ego that constantly bombard, bombards us. And that it is very stressful. It can get so, so very stressful. So the reason why I'm bringing it up and giving you this example is that every single time, every single day, multiple times a day, like I audition, I audition a lot. I have a lot of cell tapes. Um, When it is a season, I have on a regular, at least two auditions a day. Sometimes it will be none in that day, but then the next one will have four auditions. And I'm constantly searching for more so that I can practice more. And that's, again, this is not what the conversation is about. But going back to ego, I, you know, throughout being here and going after my passion for acting and film and TV, In this past seven years, I have heard so many different variation and theories about our ego and what to do with it and how to deal with it. And a lot of people are saying that you have to just scream back at it. 
And I've tried that. You have to scream at your ego in your head or vocalize that screaming that, hey, shut up. Shut up and stop talking to me. So you're just shutting your ego down. But remember, it is not just the vulture. It is not that evil part of ourselves that wants us to fail. It's not. It's an inner child that is being so afraid to hurt and wants you to not hurt so badly that it is doing everything. It is literally putting sticks inside your wheels, as we say in Russian, to prevent you from going forward. Because it doesn't want you to hurt. Ego is not part of ourselves that wants us to fail. No, it is the part of us. It is like a, a, a preventative measure, a coping mechanism, not a coping mechanism, but it's a preventative measure that is trying to prevent us from hurting and aching and being disappointed. So remember when you're screaming at that inner child, what are you doing that you're screaming at yourself? So what is it going to do when you're screaming? It's only going to get worse. It's going to rebel and it's going to get louder and it's going to get more vicious and it's going to get more creative with the painful things that it's going to tell you back. Then a few years into this acting journey of mine, I am so lucky to say that I was so lucky to get into um, this this different approach to ego, which was, I feel like, the next step on my uh, development and, and me actually getting, you know, realizing this truth about the ego. It is this approach by Jack Plotnick, who wrote the book um, New Thoughts for Actors, which is such an amazing thing. And it was uh, one of the very crucial moments on my journey to discovering this whole thing, right? And and having this approach and then popular opinion to ego. Um, he talks about ego as this vulture, right? That there is, um, he, he basically creates this... Um, you know, kind of like a vision of of sort of like having, you know, an angel on one shoulder that wants you to succeed and then this vulture on the other shoulder that is so yappy, that is so mean, that's constantly feeding these horrible things into your ear and he's so loud that it's so hard to hear it. So hard not to hear it. And the way... Jack Plotnick talks about this and how to deal with it is that now you're not dismissing it, but you are just, well, you are kind of dismissing, but you're not screaming at it. You're not trying to get into the conversation with it. You're trying to stop the conversation with it, which to me is also dismissing it, dismissing the whole point. It is dismissing the whole point like deep reason behind what it's trying to do and what you do in that approach you listen to whatever the vulture is saying and then you know you say I you know I release and destroy that fear so if the vulture is telling me oh you're gonna fail 
you say back, I release and destroy my fear of failing. And then the vulture will tell you back, yeah, well, okay, well, you're going to walk in. You're going to walk into that audition room and everybody's going to laugh at you because you have an accent. That's what my vulture used to tell me. Well, what you say back is I release and destroy my need to speak perfect English. Because I'm an immigrant and I do speak an amazing English, you know, already as it is. So who cares? It's authentic, whatever. So I release and destroy this, this fear of being laughed at because of my accent. And then you continue this conversation with your vulture until it has nothing to say to you in this moment anymore. Which is, don't get me wrong, it's a great approach. But I beg you, I am daring you to take it a little a little step further into understanding what it is that your ego is trying to tell you and 10 times out of 10 like i said it is trying to prevent you from hurting it does not want you to be disappointed it is the part of you, it is that child of yours, your inner child, not child of yours, but your inner child that is trying to stop you from experiencing something that's not positive. Again, with the air quotes, but the point is it doesn't know how to do it. So... It's, it's, it's learning, it's, it's, it's learning to do it in this very, um, you know, evil and, uh, mean way by saying mean things to you, laughing at you. But what if you were to just talk to it instead of dismissing it with arguments, instead of dismissing it with yelling at it and being mean back to it? What if you were to have a conversation with your ego and ask that side of you of what is it truly that it is afraid of i'm telling you this because i had this conversation with my ego once um well the first one i had this conversation with my ego the first time and it happened right after an audition and i was working on my morning pages basically just it, it's another practice from which I will gladly t tell you about um, in a different episode. But it is a um, practice where you just fill in three pages of your journal, of, your, of, of a notebook, and you just take the, you know, the thoughts and you put them onto the page so that you can clear out your head and release that uh, whatever is happening so that the creativity can flow. So... After this, this um, Zoom audition that I had, my ego was going off. Oh, you did this wrong. You did that wrong. Oh, they're probably sitting there laughing at you right now. You said this word with an accent. You, it was just blabbing and blabbing and blabbing. And uh, as I was doing my pages and I, and I was dismissing, I was dismissing the voice, right? I was dismissing it for about 30 minutes until I just couldn't ignore it anymore. And I had a, this, this moment, to be honest with you, it was 
just such a surreal experience. And it just happened a few months ago. And I asked a question. I decided to hear out, to hear my ego out, to see what is it that it was trying to tell me? What is it that it wanted to tell me? And I literally had a conversation with it. I, um, I asked it. I, um, I was like, so uh, what's happening? Like, why, why are we being so mean? You know, and uh, funny enough, it was responding back to me. It was responding back to me and it was telling me that it was afraid that I will never book another job, that I will, you know, they will not like me, that uh, they will never want me to audition for them again. And um, instead of trying to talk my ego down or dismiss it or, or argue with it, I decided to have sort of an interview with it and I kept on asking questions I kept on asking questions of um, you know like what is it truly and uh, what do you think will happen if if um, you know they don't like you they don't like us they don't like the sedition what do you think will happen if they think that you are stupid or that you're Russian and there's this whole horrible situation happening in the world well, what is the worst thing that's going to happen? And what is it truly that you're afraid of? And with every single question, with every single sentence in this dialogue, I felt that the energy and the fear and this whole anxiety and elevated sense of urgency with my ego was subsiding. That we both were calming down and we got to the point where where we both, my ego and I, agreed that it's okay. <laughs> Whatever happens next is okay and we cannot control it. And that instead of wallowing in this, this fear, the mutual fear that we are having, we can move on and uh, agree to try it again. And see how we can do better next time. And funny enough, we hugged. And I had, I'm saying it was such a surreal experience because I almost saw it. It was so visual to me, even though I was writing it out on the pages. My questions and the responses and the dialogue itself. I had such a visual experience and we hugged. I hugged my inner child, I hugged my ego, and we moved on. That whole dialogue, that whole practice took me maybe 15 minutes to complete. And I was able to move on from that situation, move on with my day, and get to the next task I had at hand, instead of wallowing in this fear, in this anger, in this anguish, in in all of these really heavy emotions all day, I was able to move on. So what I'm trying to get you to try, maybe if you would give it a chance, next time you're feeling that you're having these like really negative thoughts going into your head and you're judging yourself and you're beating yourself down for something that you did or you didn't do, 
instead of dismissing that, instead of screaming back at it and telling it to shut up, ask it a question. Why are you feeling this way? What is it that you're afraid of? And listen back. Listen back. It, it really helps to, to write it out because you, I feel like you can get more honest when you're writing things down. You don't have to reread it. You don't have to keep it. You can tear it down and burn it and throw it away if, if that's what you wish after. It's totally normal. But when you're having this visual representation of your inner dialogue, it helps you process it faster. It helps you to get it out and over with, but in a healthy way to where you are actually processing what's happening instead of running away from it. So the next time you find yourself in this, in this, uh, just in your head, judging yourself and being mean to yourself or your ego being mean to you, take that moment, just five, 10 minutes to sit down and, and, and ask it a question, ask it, what is it afraid of? What is it that you're afraid of? What is it that you think is going to happen? Or why, why are you doing, why are you judging me right now? What are you truly afraid of? Because it all brings down to, comes down to fear. Because as Marianne Williamson in her book, Return to Love says, and I strongly believe that, and I have been able to see proof to that in my life, is that we only function and act on our daily basis, moment to moment, moment to moment, out of fear or out of love. So if you're in not in the loving state at this moment, you are in state of fear. So that voice, that is the fear. It represents it. So what is it that you're afraid of? Ask yourself. This practice might take some, you know, getting used to because it's so new. It is, it, it's, it's not... I mean, I don't, like, I've never heard anybody actually talking about fear that way. Um, it's always been a very, to me personally, feels like a very unhealthy approach to your ego, which is a part of you. And I don't want to do that anymore. I want to have a healthy relationship with myself. So I know it sounds a bit crazy, but it might sound a little bit crazy. But if you're sticking to the end of this podcast, it probably isn't all that crazy to you and not all far-fetched. So I, I dare you to have that, to, to, to try that approach and to do this practice of sitting down and having a conversation, an honest dialogue with your fear, with your ego on paper. And you can open up to your own fear and tell, tell your ego how you feel about itself, about how you feel about the ego acting this way. Have that conversation and listen. Listen to what it has to say back. I hope you guys give it a try. I hope this um, episode was useful to you. I hope you found something that might spark some kind of curiosity to learn a little more about your own self and get deeper into understanding your thought patterns and where certain things are coming from and um, 
let me know let me know um reach out to me on instagram let me know if you are um you know if you gave it a try let me know how it went um let me know if it was useful or not i i hope it was i hope you give it a try i thank you guys for sticking <laughs> to the end of this podcast and um thank you for listening to this episode while i am it's only my second episode and i am trying to you know, thank you for sticking with me, trying to discover my own uh, voice and the way I deliver things <laughs> here. But my goal is to be authentic. And I um, thank you for being here and listening. And I will talk to you soon. This was um, Anastasia uh, with Anna's podcast. My friends call me Anna. You, you know, that's funny. I never actually did tell you. And maybe the introduction is the next thing that's going to happen um, where I tell you a little bit about myself. But um, yeah, um, this is Anastasia Chorna. My friends call me Anna, which is why this is Anna's podcast. And I am happy that you're here. And I will talk to you soon. And I will be looking forward, looking forward to it. <laughs> Thank you for allowing me to be authentically me. I uh, hope you guys have a wonderful day and uh, talk soon. Bye.